Hello, and welcome to another insane. It's me and Kyle. I was going to go for a whole Twilight Zone thing, but yeah, that works. Yeah, so hey, hey, don't, don't stop on my account. Go ahead. Well, I'll set the mood. I, I am your hostess with the mostess, Henry Kathman. And joining me for this fashion fairy tale is Emma Corey. Wow, I sure hope I don't get into a very ironic situation where I have to go through some sort of supernatural event to learn the meaning of life. Well, that's a very surprisingly poignant uh, observation to make with the movie we're going to watch, because, yeah, so we're going to be watching Barbie, a a fashion fairy tale, and... uh, I'm assuming you've never seen this. I have yeah. no idea. I've what only this have movie a fa- I vaguely know about the premise, and I know another element of this that we'll get to. But that is the overall premise, where Barbie is gonna leave her mundane life in order to learn some magically induced life le- lessons. And uh, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting one, to say the least. Like last episode was. A, uh, it's kind of generic as far as Barbie movies go. Yeah, like, I feel like the main redeeming factor of that was having an actual guest here. And... Also, that slap and song, Queen of the Waves. Oh, God, yeah. A-A-A's. I don't know. No, what about I'm Swimming on Sunshine? <laughs> I try to forget that part. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. So. Yeah. So, uh, this is a very interesting Barbie movie in more ways than one, but... Amongst them is there is a lack of Kelly Sheridan here. No. Yeah. It's like after like the first movie came out in like 2001, right? Or, yep, 2001. And now here, in what year did this movie come out? 2010. So like, like a decade of a her decade. voicing Barbie for these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And this time uh, we have a voice actress named... Uh, Diana Karina and Di- uh, Miss Karina has actually gotten become a slightly more prominent voice actress as time has gone on. She's done a lot of stuff for Equestria Girls and Friendship is Magic, as well as a couple of other things. But she got her big start. Well, also she did some stuff for the dubs of Ramna One and a Half. I don't know much about Ramna One and a Half, so eh. but a big part of her start was actually doing these Barbie movies. Yeah. So I am very interested in seeing how she transitions into this and role. And she is the voice for a few of them, though Kelly Sheridan does come back. Oh, yeah. Kelly saying. Sheridan is going to be back, so don't worry about that. And Again, real interested in knowing what was going on behind the scenes. Like, yeah. per- maybe there was a scheduling conflict. Maybe, like, they were on contract negotiations. It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, but because there's been like ones before where Kelly Sheridan like didn't voice the main character, but this is the first one where she just like is not Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, and you do mention that in this movie, Barbie is playing Barbie. Yeah. Like unlike other previous movies, uh, she is not Barbie playing a character. This is explicitly meant to be canonical Barbie, and uh, and also I think this is the first one we actually have Ken. Yes, like, there is all, Ken there is an this. explicit Barbie and an explicit Ken, and as we're going to talk about, there are they're going to do some interesting things with this premise, because I, truth be told, I only kn- remember the beginning, but boy howdy did this beginning stick out with me, listener, and uh, 
Yeah. I'm excited. I have no idea what to expect. I feel like I've said this like the past few episodes, but this is definitely the point where like anything after this, I have like no idea. Oh what's yeah. In store. Well, I think I think there's no point in delaying them then. Let's take a rip wild adventure to Paris, France, where this film takes place. In order to follow... An extremely accurate Paris, France. I'm oh, I'm sure it will be. Uh, but it, we'll be heading off to Paris, France in order to follow Barbie on her fashion fairy tale. From the all-new DVD. Barbie fashion fairy tale. A magic glitterizer. Choose the stickers. Put Barbie inside. Add the glitter glitterize. Put fashions in. Glitterizer makes them sparkle. And we're back. Hello. Welcome back. Have you ever thought of what it would be like if you know how in those early Barbie movies they always had those like glitterly dress transformation sequences? What if there was a movie where that was the whole plot? Oh my god. This movie. This movie. Um, Here's the thing. We've watched some poorly made Barbie movies, some excellent Barbie movies, some challenging Barbie movies, and some very, I guess, run-of-the-mill, passable does the bare minimum. This is the first time that I've ever encountered a Barbie movie that I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. I'm... When I think about this movie, I think about the fact that this is clearly a desire to move off into a different direction on a meta scale and on an actual film sequel scale but i i mean i didn't think it was that bad i I thought that's the thing there is some very enjoyable aspects of this movie i I agree i agree the problem is is that like those thoughts the parts where i thought were good and amusing those are good but then there were the parts that were just like not terrible, but they were just really boring and stuff that I've seen a billion times already from these movies. And I was just, it was almost, I guess the best way to feel right now is that I'm kind of like overwhelmed because it felt as if I was being like barraged by this endless glittery shower for the past like half an hour. Um, definitely. This is by far the glitteriest one yeah. <laughs> that we've seen, but... I don't know. I guess it was nice to see, to get to see something that one wasn't a fantasy adventure movie. Which they interestingly address. And also, it's interesting. Barbie has always been about fashion. And it's been interesting that this hasn't been much of a. Like, the outfit stuff, that was something that was usually more in the background. But this time. It's like the focus of it. But it's a very, like little girl view of fashion. Yeah, and I think part of the reason why this thing was so challenging to me, like, as, I guess, 
as we mentioned, a Barbie film scholar, is that, like, like, as a straight dude, it's really easy to be all judgmental about, like, oh, that outfit. Like, as much as most straight guys will deny it, like, straight dudes are extremely judgmental and critical of women's fashion. Like, and I feel like part of that was, like, part of the struggle I've had with this movie is, like, to kind of, like, curb that, for lack of a better word, mansplainy instinct that's been conditioned to me. You know, see, like, the way I viewed it, for a lot of the dresses showcased in the movie, one, it was the... The late, the early aughts. It, it was, was the, very the early aughts. So uh, 2010, 2010 yeah. Right, the late 2010, uh, the early 2010s. But yeah, very was, much that kind of era where we were kind of transitioning from like the 2000s into like this decade. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, and when I see these, the outfits presented in this movie, I was like, these aren't really made in the mind to appeal to adult women. Which they're made to appeal to children yeah Ooh, and like that the makes sense glittery princess dress the big sparkly floofy dresses it's for yeah. people who dream to one day go to prom it's very prom it is such a prom movie and uh-huh. maybe it's because i also never went to prom oh, i nor- never went to prom yeah maybe it's because like i just even as someone in the field of education i am not that hot on prom and stuff like that like i don't know it's yeah i feel like apologies if i do come off as like overly judgmental on this movie because as you said there are a lot of like very enjoyable elements to this movie but they're just it's so sparkly yeah, it's not like an amazing movie or anything, but like I said, it's just nice to see something kind of different. Different, yes. And I think that kind of just leads in with the very beginning. So the movie begins with your standard opening cross sequence, but with a very like poppy type dance tune. And it's... Yeah, I kind of wonder if we'll ever get a movie that goes back to, like, that traditional the, Broadway musical style. I like, would be extremely Princess skeptical Potter if they did that. Princess Princess, you know? Yeah, because I know a couple of the movies in the lineup that definitely make a clear statement of, no, we're definitely sticking with this new pop direction now. Yeah, but you mentioned... Weather will return to that old standard of the Barbie movie. And I feel like the movie also provides a bit of an answer because it starts with Barbie starring in Barbie and the Princess and the Pea, where they see... The reason why I was so excited to think about this movie is because I I do remember like this scene... Like, when I was a sophomore, I saw my siblings watching this movie, and I remember this scene, and I was like, oh, that's different. Okay. Yeah, so... And that stuck in my mind. To kind of give the context, this movie is essentially a meta movie where Barbie is an actress who has been... She is the actress who has been Barbie in all these movies. Uh Uh-huh, Because uh we see her trailer, and she has a mermaid tail poster in there. 
Yeah. So kind of weird she's not and still also, voiced by Kelly Sheridan. Yeah, and they also mention how, like, oh, when I was in The Three Musketeers, it was this, and it was like, yeah. Which is kind of like, so, uh, these Barbie movies have been coming out for ten years now, but this Barbie, she is like a high schooler, so yeah. she's got to be filming these things at, like, Ooh, they got her on some or... Judy Garland oh, shit. No, That's yeah. not She's good. She's given some happy pills or something. Oh no, it. no, don't let. Let's not think about that. Oh, oh god. god. But uh, this movie, it is such an interesting opening statement to start this movie on because it's like, oh, all right, like I get it, Rainmaker. After ten years of you doing the same endless fairy tale stuff, I understand completely why you would want to, like, distance yourself from that and move on to the modern era, because you tried that once with the Barbie Diaries. It didn't go so well. Mm -hmm. So you thought, like, okay, it just means stick away from that. But slowly we've been seeing how they've been veering more and more towards the modern era, and it's like, yeah... Yeah, it kind of feels like a theme that's probably going to be going forward with, with these a Barbie lot of these movies. movies. But just to show, so this, I will appreciate, man, the only thing that would have made this opening scene, like, don't get me wrong, this opening scene was, as someone who's had to watch these movies, like, like over the past year of doing this, it's like, I was, I feel like they covered the tone of the, first original Barbie movies very well in this little past Yeah, they got an evil lady. Yeah, like... the only way it would have been better is if they got Kathleen Barr to have her voice that. Oh, like, man. oh man. <laughs> like, just because you do get the sense of like, okay, yeah, people who have been still watching these movies, we know. Like, this feels very tailor-made for us there in terms know. of what we've been doing. But Barbie is the set ascending the large amount of mattresses and then suddenly the zombie peas emerge. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the, we see the zombie peas, which is these dudes in evil pea costumes and then they start singing a song. About how they're the zombie, zombie peas. peas. I'd like to think in the context of this narrative this is the same way that rat song happened in that Island Princess movie. Oh. The rats just showed up on set and it's like, it's the rat song time. Oh my god. But the thing I wonder is, like, what does this say about, like, the other animal companions in these other Barbie movies? Like, they did specifically say, like, oh, she was in a mermaid's tail. Does that mean that they had, like, a fake dolphin in that movie? Or... Well, was... it's established <laughs> in this universe that animals are sentient and can talk at least to each other, so... <sighs> It's it's one of those worlds, but, uh, so we pan out, and it looks like they are on a set, yep. and she's got, like, an asshole director and a sassy gay assistant are yeah. like, so... we had to add the peas, and then Barbie is like, maybe we shouldn't add the peas, maybe it's good to just have a simple, fun story, and then yeah. he's like, you're fired, Barbie. Which, wow, uh, I mean... If there wasn't a more clear, like, representation of what it's like to be a woman in Hollywood, um, oh, yeah. I don't know what it's like, is. I'm, I'm going to backlist you from the industry, Barbie, and say that you're difficult to work with. <gasps> She's difficult to work with? Oh, that harlot! How dare she exp Like, no, my favorite line from this, where he was saying, like, yeah, Barbie, that lip-flapping thing that you're doing, um... 
expressing my opinion. Yeah, stop doing that. And it's like, <laughs> ooh. So we got that. We got that. Uh, yeah. Hollywood commentary. I mean, in terms, of, I mean, glass houses, Mattel. Come on here, but also like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. So. And also, it's just, it is kind of bizarre to have these movies mention things like Twitter and stuff like yes. that. Like, yes, I think... Because, like, the last movie, like, they were in modern day, but they were living in some, like, weird alternate modern day where they had Apple Watches <laughs> in 2010, but now it's like, nope, this And the is... fact that mermaids, also mermaids. Yeah, well, fairies exist in this one, but flairies oh oh exist God, we'll get in to this the flairies. One. So, but alongside this, before, like, Barbie like got fired there was also like her friends are just like waiting on the side for some reason like i guess they don't have anything better to do and also there's a poodle there that is barbie's poodle named uh sequin which okay barbie and also a other puppy dog that we never see only well, see her briefly, like at the yeah, but also laptop. It's... Yeah, animals like use the internet and are essentially just people in this universe. Yeah. But you know, they're still pets, which is so weird oh, to think about. Yeah, but it, but it it's like why is why is that dog like? Do I know they need someone there to have sequence talk to so that we can establish that? Oh, hey, animal companions that talk. We this is a thing that's going to be in this movie. But also, it's like. You couldn't do anything else with that character? Like, don't get me wrong, listener. Uh, there are way too many problems with uh, Mermaid's Tale. But the thing that I appreciate now is that they were able to actually incorporate, like, Barbie's, like, side characters throughout the plot. Even if it was I... through video watch crap, but... Oh, yeah. Well, we get introduced to Barbie swimsuits, are essentially the same friends from Mermaid Tale, where you got the level-headed one, and then you got the weird The level-headed one. black one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and then you got the weird brunette one. The weird brunette one that who's... is very into conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah, she's totally, like, hollow earth, flat earth. Oh, like, because she was talking about how Jets, alien abductions, mind control. Beams. Oh, no. She probably totally believes in chemtrails. And I mean, her brother's a farmer, so that would not surprise me. Oh, but no. That's... Oh. She just makes things super awkward. Be like, you know, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. And Barbie just learns after a while. Just ignore her. You, you know, know, have you ever heard of QAnon? <laughs> uh, you know... What if the real people behind the government are the deep state? Oh, God. Anywho, um, depressing stuff aside. So, yeah, Barbie gets fired, and they're in their... And apparently, like, uh, the director freaking leaked this news to the gossip websites, and I'm like, oof, also, wow. And, like, the fact that the comments are all like, ugh, what a diva. Knew she was going to be like that. Ah, uh, glad she's gone. And it's like, oof, Yeah, Jay. you kind of get the sense that this movie is essentially... Talking to their haters. Yeah, aside from being just, like, a meta movie in general, or, like, the Barbie movies are, like, movies in this one, and she's an actress. It also seems to be a commentary on, like, the state of Barbie as a whole, because there's this whole thing where they're like, oh, she's so old-fashioned, and there's this, like, old-fashioned versus new 
And Barbie's like, we might be simple and old-fashioned, but we're still good, unlike those dumb Monster High dolls. Monster High was not off totally for a couple... totally just stole our ideas. Monster High was not off for a couple of years. We were still in the Bratz generation. Uh, yeah, Bratz are still a thing. Well, they Bratz... did outlive the Bratz. They so... did outlive the Bratz. Only time will tell with Monster High. Yeah. But, is Monster yeah. High still a thing? Oh, Monster High is definitely a thing. Still a thing? Yeah. Yeah, Monster High, uh, you also got those Force of Destiny Star Wars figures that are also trying to get onto you know, the doll. I feel like fashion dolls just aren't super big anymore. I think the kids these days just like the goop. Mm, there is the slime stuff, yeah. But, yeah. no, I will say that, like, as someone who has, like, every now and then, like, now whenever I'm in a Target or Walmart, I will actually stop by the pink aisle just to see, like, what sort of stuff is available, and it's still, like... It's still a pretty consistent lineup of this stuff from Force of Destiny. They had, like, Captain Marvel dress-up dolls, too, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. Of, it, it's mostly Disney stuff mm-hmm. now, but, like, Bar- it's basically a cross between... Is it most of everything Disney stuff now? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, after reading about her haters, uh, Barbie gets a phone call from... Ken. Ken. Oh, Ken. I oh, do Ken. kind of love Ken in this movie. I do love Ken. He's honestly the best part of this movie, if only because he is the biggest himbo disaster that I have ever seen. Oh, man. He just, he gets like the comedy of errors side plot, which I think is always fun. Oh, yes. Indeed it is. So, Ken gives a call saying that like, oh, I can't do this anymore, Barbie. It's time that we separate. It's better if you forget I ever existed. Goodbye. And hangs up, and it's like... And Barbie's just like, What? What is this? And, uh... Oh, God, what is her serious friend named? Grace. Grace, yeah. She's just like, Oh, hell no. Okay. She... Okay, listener, you need a friend like Grace. You need a friend who, as soon as you get dumped, will block your ex's number, will block your email, his Twitter, which, again, that is so surreal that they mentioned Twitter as a thing. But it's like, you're going to block this dude, you're going to ghost his ass, and you're going to go get your groove back. And which is like, honestly, yeah, do that. I need to... I need to double check when did Barbie break up with Ken because this was happening at around the same time. It might have been a little... What was the deal with that? Was that like a marketing ploy? Yes, it was a marketing ploy. What happened was that there was a... uh, It was during the Barbie Cali Girl line and in the middle of the Cali Girl line, Barbie dumped Ken in order for them to market a... New mystery man. Ooh. But eventually, after the Cali Girl line ended, it's... Kim. They got back together. Yeah. yeah. I think, like... You want to know my theory on why they stayed together? What? Toy Story 3 came out, where the Barbie and Ken uh, romance was reestablished, and it got people thinking, like, Oh, yeah! Barbie and Ken. And if I'm going to be honest, I feel like once we pass... Uh, 2011 when Toy Story 3 came out was it Toy Story 
2011. Whenever Toy Story 3 came out. It was out. like 2009 or something like that. No, 2009 was up. Oh, yeah. that would have been 2010. Yeah, but the... But I will say this, after Toy Story 3 comes out, that's when you start noticing Barbie becoming more self-aware yeah. and ends up getting into this more comedic sense. And I theorize that that's because Mattel saw like the positive reaction to the Barbie figures when they went all self-aware in the Toy Story movies. And because of that, they translated it into the actual official Barbie lines. And that's I feel how like we... at that point, they kind of probably felt like they had to go that way. Yeah. Because Barbie had become such of a... Very specific idea. Yes. Uh, one might say, hashtag problematic. Yeah. Yeah. But... Maybe it's because that... Was that around the time All About That Base came out? <sighs> yeah. Maybe that's what inspired the Barbie. <laughs> oh, Barbie Revolution. I swear. I feel like that is A, giving way too much credit to Megan Trainer and B, underestimating a lot of other things. But, man... I am sure spending a lot of time not talking about this movie. So yeah, let's get back Barbie to decides to get her groove back by going to Paris. So she does that because she has her aunt's uh, Millicent, which we both assumed like, oh, a name like Millicent and aunt. Oh, probably a villain. But no, just a quirky aunt, which yeah, that was a nice surprise. That was that. a nice surprise. But I mean, I guess it's not 100% unexpected because we kind of saw a character like this in Three Musketeers, and I get the sense that this is going to be a very recurring character based on what I do know about some of these future Barbie yeah. movies. But also, Barbie is bougie AF. She goes straight to Paris. She goes straight to Paris, flies first class with her dog in the next seat over. Yeah, I did, that's something I mentioned. They never mentioned who Barbie's parents are, but you know, they're probably oil barons. Oh, they are. If they are not oil barons, they are old money for sure. No, no. Her dad was her dad was one of the few people that survived the dot-com bubble and became super rich selling some web bullshit. Hey, hey, it's okay. Uh, Barbie is a self-made billionaire. You know, okay? you're right. You're, you're just know. against women in business. Yeah, you know, I feel like you just got... I need to just lean in more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just hashtag girl boss it. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, so she she heads off to freaking Paris, and, I mean, it's not unexpected that this is a very idealized-looking version of Paris. It's like, a very eye-hurting Paris. It is! Okay, I'm glad we are on the same page Th about this. Is this is a Paris that is completely filled in with highlighter. So. Oh, definitely. This is a very pastel. Like, for lack not of a better... pastel. It's, like, weird, bright colors. It's kind of... Neon, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Which but is not... But not, like, neon, like, nighttime. Like, yeah. Just, like hurts your eyes to look at a little it, a bit. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah. So she... Yeah, I don't think Paris is as warm as this portrays it to be. Yeah, and also, like, honestly, like, a big part of the mood for Paris is that it can also be a very moody city because it's on the river. It's sometimes pretty rainy. you got all this old Gothic architecture. I'm surprised they didn't lean into that more. Yeah, like, but this one is essentially just like Malibu 2.0. Yeah. But European. But European. I mean, Paris is kind of the Malibu of Europe for a lot of people. Eh. Yeah, like... 
Oh, God. But, so she's, she arrives at Paris. What do you have to say about the music that's playing through all of this? Uh, I didn't really think much of it. It's At least... The- it's there. Yeah. That's what I... That's hey, my no hot take. It's no swimming on sunshine. But... It's no swimming on sunshine. Yeah, this movie also does continue the trend of, like, weird licensed songs ending up at... St- weird licensed we pop songs get... ending up at strange We will areas. get to that weird pop song drop. Like, because that was part of the movie that kind of broke me. Oh, yeah. But no, she's walking towards this. She's walking towards her Aunt Millicent's studio. And, oh, she passes by. What was this modernist? Jacqueline. Jacqueline. And her assistant. And they burst out and she's like, Oh, mademoiselle, you got a fashion eye. And you look truly magnifique. Je ne sais pas. French stereotype. Yeah. That is our, these are our villains of the movie. Yeah. We're pretty, uh, kind of strange in this movie for reasons they remind, we'll get into. You know who they remind me of? What? Our mistress in heaven, Sharpay. Like, listen, listen. Both are pretty bougie. Both are backstabbing as heck. Both end up get, being forgiven by the end of the movie. Yeah. And they just want to be the best. Although, granted, Jacqueline uh, goes about this by uh, copying Millicent's line of clothing. Yeah, I mean, they're there. And you know, she's evil because their store has a green tint to it. Yeah. And also, like, evil music plays when she's there. And also, her fashion looks strange and doesn't look good. It's bit, like you said, I think you Just stumbled like on... Just like those dumb Monster High dolls that haven't been in there yet. No. Be. Yeah, because the th- she's modern and she's got all these angles and shoulder pads for reasons. She... I feel like you stumbled onto something when you said that this is a elementary school kid's idea of what fashion is because, mm. like, when... Like, you're a younger kid, like, you think, like, bad fashion... That looks like stuff that doesn't make sense. Giant shoulder pads? What? Well, the thing is a lot of, like, high fashion stuff. It's not really... It's more... more made for, like, show than to be worn, yes. necessarily. Yeah, like... The thing about it is, is that it's very much an extension of, like... Almost sculpture. I feel like sculpture is the best kind of, like... Uh, comparison that you could make to a lot of what high fashion tries to achieve because mm-hmm. it deals with the 3D form and you're trying to communicate a certain message using the clothing. Yeah, and or almost it's like a kind of like status symbol. Like, have you ever seen a Gucci store? <sighs> I've been lucky enough not to, but I, kn- I know enough. <laughs> it's like, you know people just be wearing that to prove that they have the money to afford Gucci. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, I feel like... It's like tacky, but because you paid a lot of money for it, then it's high class, you know? Which is honestly amongst the most true-to-life things that have occurred in this movie. Mm-hmm. But after she bounces from uh, Jacqueline, mm-hmm. she stumbles into 
her Aunt Millicent's dress studio. And... And we meet Aunt Millicent, and she's quirky. She's quirky, because she's rollerblading all around the dance studio. Yeah, and she essentially tells Barbie that her shop is closing down, and she's going to sell it. To become a... Uh, hot, hot dog, dog... emporium? Yeah, something? hot dog torium. Yeah, so uh, someone out there in Paris is a... Thinking, you know what... Paris needs the city of cuisine, the art capital of the world, considered the premier destination for all forms of art. In all of Europe, a hot dog place. A three-story hot a dog three place. A three-story hot dog place, which in a place as touristy as Paris, there could be a market for that. Because <laughs> you just know there are some dumbass Americans that will be like, Oh, Hot Dog Emporium? All right, I'll go see that. In between seeing the Arc de Triomphe and Eiffel Tower. It, but I, I will say this. Hot Dog Emporium sounds more like a thing that would definitely be in New York. Oh, definitely. Like That's what they're going to replace the three-story Olive Garden with one day. Oh. Don't say things like that. <laughs> I, not when I still haven't been able to see the Times Square Olive Garden. <laughs> hey, it might not be there one day, so better. I gotta get there then. Mm -hmm. Jeez. So. Hey, they got never-ending soup and salad, so I don't know why people will be complaining. Yeah. Anywho, uh, Barbie's rightfully disturbed to hear this, and it is here where we meet, uh, God, Millicent's assistant. What was... Elise. Elise. Which yeah. is kind of nice. Yeah, Elise. I like Elise. I think, she... in terms of characters, Ken and Elise are the two yeah, better Yeah, she's ones. a pretty cute character. Yeah, I like, like she's just like this nerdy girl. Like, they try to frame her as, like, being like, oh, she's this quirky introvert who's not confident by having her wear glasses and Converse, even though the Converse are also high-heeled, which... Everyone woof. wears heels in this movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I was surprised they never had like a makeover moment with her. I'm, you know what? I'm honestly kind of glad that yeah, they Yeah, I thought that. that was nice. Yeah, like, I feel like, like in a previous Barbie movie they would have had Glasses. Her... Yeah, I feel like in a previous Barbie movie they would have done that makeover scene where they try to communicate like, oh, if, if you want to feel good about yourself, you need to let the real you out. By having a makeover. She just takes off her ponytail and is and like, And it's Ooh. like, whoa. <laughs> but in this one, no. She, honest, her characterization stays very consistent throughout it. Mm -hmm. The only thing that changes really is like her getting more confidence in herself, which is the very standard. Yeah, she kind of like, the story is almost more about her at times. Yeah, she's it honestly is. Like, arc. she is the one that does deal with the most development. Because and... Barbie is kind of a static character in this one. She just kind of, like, reaffirms her own identity. It's yeah. I mean, it is, like I said, it's Barbie gets her groove back. Like And, like, other insert rich white woman names here gets her groove back. Like, it doesn't really result in a lot of substantial change like i don't know if you've ever seen like your eat pray loves your uh zelda gets her groove back or any of those that other genre yeah it's usually 
the same old story. Turns out I was right the whole time. Turns out all I needed to do to reaffirm my identity was not go to therapy, not to surround myself in more supportive individuals. It's for me to saunter my ass into, into some other country and spread my whole complex around the local economy there, which... I mean, granted, American dollars probably go a little farther there, but still. Yeah. Ish. But, oh, we forgot to mention, we get our subplot established around this time. Yes! we go back. Where there's... So, Barbie's two friends find Ken, who is doing a line reading with this girl named Raquel, who clearly has a crush on Ken. And I'll be honest, listener, this feels like a plot... Like, this feels like a TV special to a long-running Barbie series. Because, like, it gives... It's going into this movie with the baseline knowledge that we already know who these characters are. Like, Mm -hmm. we already know who Ken and Barbie are, sure. But also, there's this girl named Raquel who clearly has a crush on Ken and is trying to break up Barbie and Ken so she can have them all to herself. Wasn't she the villain of the Barbie Diaries? Raquel was the same name, but... Ken was nowhere to be seen in the Barbie Diaries, and they were also very different characters in that. I also think Teresa, who is the weird one in this, was the same name as Barbie's friend in the Diamond Castle. Yeah! So, are they also actors in these things, or how does... Look, Uh, it's best not to think about it. Anyway, they just have an evil friend for some reason. An evil friend to one... But he, as soon as he sees Barbie's friend, she's like, okay, thank God. I have, I've been trying to talk to Barbie, but she's ghosted me. What's going on? And they're like, oh, piss off, you dickhead. Like, dumping her ass on the phone. Hell with you. And he's like, what? And then, meanwhile, Raquel's crawling away on the floor, which is like, it's like, you're in public. What are you doing? Like... But it turns out the lines that Barbie heard on the phone were lines that Ken was doing a reading for yesterday when Raquel was recording it. Bah. Yeah, so Ken does nothing wrong in this movie, but all he gets is pain. (laughs) That's his whole movie. That is his whole art. He literally did nothing wrong. All he did was just be... Be dumb. You know, he can't help being a himbo, okay? That's why Barbie loves him. I would not be surprised if Barbie's main type was, I want a big hunk of meat that is as smart as a hunk of meat. She's like, Chad's only, please. That's why she could never live in Europe. Oh, God, yeah. You know, it's... Mm -hmm. They got suboptimal bone structure there. <laughs> but, yeah, so Ken decides, all right, I'm going to go bounce to Paris because I need to show a big romantic gesture in order to get her back and it's like, Maybe just, no. like, call her and be like... Or call, yeah, well... Or have, they, like, her friends call her and be like, hey, it was a whole misunderstanding. Just yeah, like, oh. that's what he suggested, but no, her friends are like, no, you need to make a giant romantic gesture. And it's like, okay, maybe that'll work on someone like Barbie, but it's not, I will tell you right now, romantic gestures does not equal good romance. It's not, no. Like, I know that, like, 
so much of this movie is from a perspective of like younger girls thinking this is what a teenager is like but also like no if you if you're consuming media that's encouraging relationships that are only subsistent on gigantic romantic gestures that's not a good relationship y'all it's bad Anyway. Mutual respect and communication. Anyway, okay, so, so thus begins the comedy of errors yeah. where Ken is doing this. But uh, meanwhile in Paris, uh, Barbie is being shown around the studio and it turns out, oh, there's a magical quality to here. So uh, the assistant, Elise, is like, come with me. And she takes her to this attic. And it said that long ago, this was a magic fashion house where there are special magical creatures that have helped fashion designers throughout the centuries. And thus... And they also got a portal to Narnia. Yeah. Yeah, so they got a, uh... They got a little wardrobe that somehow... makes dresses sparkly in it. But they have to first find the magic words and in order to do that, uh, Barbie is like, Oh, when I was filming Three Musketeers, we filmed in this old castle with all these secret passageways. And it's like, What? Okay, so they find, oh, they find the secret words. And they say the secret words, and thus, the flairies come out. So, Emma... Give me your hot takes about these flairies. Uh, well, you know they got have to. They have to have the big-headed stick figure characters uh -huh, somehow. Uh -huh. So this we get the flairies or the flay, as you can call them. Oh, and they, I like I like that. That's good. And uh, so they are resident uh, magical assistants in this one. Yeah. Where. So you got two of them, and then you got the ditzy one. Yeah. And, that's their and they're characters. very. Yep. That's pretty much it. But no, there's one other character trait. Their big other character trait is that they're not fairies. Fairies have wings. We're flairies who use our magic by using flair. Which, oof. Could you imagine a flairytopia? <laughs> Maybe I want to see that movie. I feel like that would be 20% more sassy. Oh, I bet, I bet it would hurt your eyes oh to look at. Oh my god, Yes. Every so they live in this magical wardrobe and they make their thing is they transform designs by just putting a glitter wand over them. That makes them good. Pretty much the the whole dressification is that like oh we take what's already there and enhance it and make it better because of that and all right but because oh no the fashion house is going to be closing down this Friday they have to come up with the plan in order to make new items. So it's a gotta save the rec center type movie. Pretty much, but instead of doing like a rock concert, they're doing a fashion show, which you just know they're gonna do another one of these save the rec center with a rock concert someday. Okay. Like, I I know there it's gonna happen. There are a few like musician ones. Uh-huh, I just know it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of if, it's one. But, so, whoa, but in order to when they think about how, like, when they're at first doubting whether or not, oh, could this plan even work, this rich, bougie woman sees the sparkly dress in the window. It's like, oh. I couldn't help but notice your strange and unusual plant. 
I know. It was a different, different movie. But oh, yeah. essentially the same idea. It's basically, yeah, a little shop of horrors there. But this woman, like, buys it and Barbie's... Wait, if it was really a little shop of horrors, the Flaries would end up being evil and Barbie would oh, have to my... defeat them. Oh, my God. I would love that. That might have been a better movie. That would have been freaking amazing. Oh, my God. Yes, because it could show you that, oh, they would be slightly dependent on the magic at first, but then when they realize that, oh, we don't need the magic, we're going to be self-sufficient. But then the players are like, no, you need us. You need to feed, feed us. Me, feed me, Bobby. Chop up your aunt and give her to the wardrobe. Mm, yes, the wardrobe needs it. You want the sparkles, don't you? <laughs> oh, man. God, again, Mattel, we will write this for you. Send a check at Pink Isle Pod on Twitter. I, I will give them props if, if any of one of these future Barbie movies, they like end up making the magical creatures like secretly evil or something. Oh my God, that would be amazing. But now, so now they're under this plot and it's basically now, this is where the movie ends up getting like going through pretty quickly. Oh God. Also, there's a dog subplot. I, I've almost forgot to mention the dog subplot. Yeah, so uh, so uh, we get this whole typical thing where they have a cat, Aunt Millicent's cat, who is a uh, Juliana, and of course uh, her and Sequin don't like each other, so Sequin chases her around, and then we get the best character. No, a, your typical uh, he's French, so it's okay if you, for him he to is, have if that you crossed Pepe Le Pew. And Scrappy-Doo, and I refuse to think that any incarnation of that would be seen as anything but an abomination. So we I was able to stand by your support of Bibble, but this, I cannot... Hey, don't you dare insult Bibble that I way. will worship Bibble if it means that I don't have to deal with this freaking pervert dog. <laughs> so, yeah, we got French dog who's like... A dog, but a fashion designer. And he's, and he's immediately weirdly into the poodle. He's into the poodle, of course he is. And it's like one thing about he's the... French, so it's okay for him to be weirdly forceful with his romantic interaction. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I want to make you my muse. Please let me design for you. I let like me this... dress you, and it's like, okay, give me some Andrew Lloyd Webber vibes and. Anyone not yeah, in musical theater. He does got th some eyebrows, though. He <laughs> got eyebrows. Yeah. Listen, anyone not into musical theater, just as a warning, you do not want an Andrew Lloyd Webber in a boyfriend. See, I'd like to think that this could be like an animal phantom thread, but it never comes to be. Oh my god, that would also be amazing! <laughs> God. So many much more interesting ideas for movies in this movie. Definitely. But, but, so, yeah, from this point, it's just mostly a montage of them, like, making new dresses. And yeah, they go out to get inspiration. Barbie does some romantic moped riding with her new girlfriend, so. Which, you know what? It's This is some prep nerd solidarity oh, shipping. And I am here for that. Like, that's a very good... That's a very good shipping dynamic if you wanted to go yeah. there. Like, yeah, but... Meanwhile, mm -hmm. let's get to... We could get to a now positive part of the movie. Let's cut back to Ken because 
oh man, this dude cannot catch a break. So he's flying over there. He gets uh, stuck in Pittsburgh because of rain, and he's like, now I gotta, I gotta get to Philadelphia to get a plane to go to Paris. Which it's like, Paris, a lot of planes go to Paris. Like, why Philadelphia? I'm, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Pittsburgh also had connecting flights to France. Like, look, we gotta have shenanigans somehow. Oh, so that's you. how I get, and so, but, uh, Teresa is like, I have a farmer who lives near Pittsburgh that can give you a ride. Yeah. And I keep on saying, if this was a different kind of movie, there would be some kind of joke about this truck driver being, like, a murderer or something. Or, like, yeah, a murderer or saying that, like, Hey, these dang commies, I swear if I see one of them, I'm gonna give them what for with my 12-gauge. Yeah. Like, that whole thing. But... But, but now nah, he just has a pig. He just has a pig. But th- th- we almost forgot to mention the best part. When Ken is on the phone talking to them, there's just this kid. It's just being being a nuisance. Just being a nuisance. Just, like, making funny faces at him and, like, making noises towards him. And as soon as he hangs up, Ken makes the funny faces back, causing the kid to cry. And that was honestly the best part of the movie. It sounds annoying, but it was actually kind of funny. It was actually kind of hilarious. Because, like, when you think of Ken, you think of just, like, this very bland guy. But the fact that they usually make Ken just... I mean, going forward, the basic characterization is uh, himbo, dumbass, sugar husband. That is the characterization for Ken. And honestly, like... The more characters that we can get to be like the original himbo Kronk, the better it will be. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, yeah. We get some good times with him. We get some great times with him, but yeah. we got those got times and gotta stop because we gotta get back to Paris. And, oh, she's getting more design inspiration. And in the meantime, Aunt Millicent, like, does the paddleboard? And she hobby. also does parkour. She does freaking parkour. We're skipping ahead a little, but that is the hobbies that Aunt Millicent has. It is oof. It's great. Like the fact that she does the parkour around the room and ends it off with parkour is. We need a Barbie parkour movie. Oh my god. A Barbie Mirror's Edge. <laughs> yeah. She's got to deliver secret fashion things to different outposts. Oh my god. A Barbie dystopia movie would be amazing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it would have to, it would be like the most vanilla dystopia ever. Where it's like, everyone has to dress the same. But we're from a secret order of fashion designers that are trying to stop conformity by being secret fashion runners. Wow. Mattel, you really should hire Mattel, us. Mattel, you should hire us. But, so... Like, you could even make a crappy tie-in video game with that. It's right there. Anywho, so, in the midst of this, oh... Only available on Wii U. <laughs> no, no, you know it would be on iPad as well. Come oh, on, yeah, you gotta... Yeah, that's true. And Barbie.com. Mm-hmm. But, so... So, as they're getting this inspiration, uh... Jacqueline, I'm going to say her name like that from now on, where 
Jacqueline has cotton wind of like, what is this? These fashion designs? Oh, they're magnifique. There's nothing like I've ever seen before. Even though they're basically like every prom dress you've ever seen. So she starts trying to figure out how to steal the designs. And her assistant, we haven't really talking about Jacqueline's assistant. Yeah, Delphine. Delphine, which. Who's like the kind of ditzy one. Yeah, also another really ditzy one. And so many. So many. Yeah, so many. But they discover the flurry, so they devise a plan to steal them. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Barbie and the rest decide that they're going to put on a fashion show this Friday so that they can sell these clothes in order to save uh, the fashion studio. And also, uh, so I don't understand what sort of blood magic is going on to make it so that this specific location has to be the only thing. Yeah, they don't really explain how this magic works that yeah. well, and no one seems to really be alarmed at its existence. Exactly, like especially because they went to all this effort saying that it's like, oh hey, this is in the real world. Like we're being meta about this. So, like honestly, if you cut out the flares. Like I don't think we've, there's ever been a Barbie movie, at least from what I've seen, that's just been purely non. Barbie Diaries. No, Barbie Diaries had that element where she had like that. Oh, the good magic luck. bracelet. Yeah. Oh, hang on. We gotta pause this to let me grab my charger. Okay. Meanwhile, we cut back to Ken, and now he's driving, as you mentioned, driving her along with the farmer cousin. With this pig. Yep, that happens. It's it's amusing. I like yeah. the pig. Yeah, it's kind of a nice change of pace in this movie. Yeah, because credit where credit's due to a lot of these Barbie movies, they do actually do, like, comedy of error stuff decently well. Yeah, there's, like, some decent humor. And it's just, like, I don't know, it's nice because other than that, there isn't really a whole lot that happens in this movie. It really isn't. As much as we've been talking about this movie for the past 50 minutes now, it's like, yeah. But alongside that, um, eventually, the night before the fashion show comes on. Jacqueline and her assistant decide to steal the flares, yeah. which apparently is very easy to do. They just walk in and s- scoop them. So they walk them and scoop them. Mm-hmm. And then they put them in a cage. And then she's like, "I want you to sparkleify these dresses that I have." And they're like, "Well, we can't do that because these designs are shitty." And if we we're not inspired by the designs. The magic is unstable. And she's like, do them anyway. Yeah. So no, they do. You forgot the best part of how she threatens them. She threatens them with... She says that if you don't do it, we're going You'll to... You'll have to go through the perfume department. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just spray them with cheap perfume, which they're like, ah, oh, cheap perfume, which is just like... Yeah, this movie is pretty low stakes. So low stakes. And, yeah, then comes Friday, the night of the fashion show. Before, well, actually, no, before this happens, later that night, there is a 
firework display. Yeah. yeah. The flares end up doing some fireworks, and then the pets go to Mission Impossible style save them. Even though it's literally just the cat that does this, which... Well, the dogs are also there, but they had to have a thing for, like, the cat to show herself, because they were unfairly roasting They are unfairly kid. roasting this cat. Like, this cat did not deserve... Okay, sure, she was a little underestimating of, like, uh, Sequin initially, but that's mostly because she was just wrecking the place when yeah. she first showed up. And chasing her around. Yeah, so... Can't like, believe all the cat oppression in these movies. Mm, like, especially since they were so affirming in the early movies. Like... Man, you really think that someone's an ally until they show your true colors. Man, I should have known when they had that uh, annoying cat in the Christmas Carol movie. Oh. But, yeah, we forgot to mention, with the little subplot with the animals, we show that the do dog is a fashion designer, and she he shows off his fashion earlier, which... They only got one outfit for the animals. It's in these literally movies. the same outfit. It's just a tutu and maybe a necklace. And it's like, what? You know, animal fashion is a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's actually a very prestigious field. Like, you could, like, give them a different outfit. It's not just a tutu. You could, like, give them a coat. Like, a little doggy suit. Do you know how adorable, like, seeing a poodle in, like, a business suit would hey. be amazing well they've yet to have any in any of these barbie movies have barbie ever wear a suit at any point so i don't expect um, her oh man you are right yeah which you would think i mean by 2010 women wearing jumpsuits that's a pretty that's a pretty standard, like, bit of high fashion stuff yeah. now. Well, Barbie is pretty consistently, like, always wearing a skirt or a dress at all times. Yeah. Except yeah. she might have worn jeans in the Barbie diary. I don't remember, and I don't Oh, really she care. did. Oh, she did. Oh, I'm, I know this because of the freaking weird legs that they had for that movie. Ah, anyway. Maybe that's why they had skirts and dresses. They were like, oh, we can't let them see the legs. Yep, yep. Can't let them. But uh, either way, so, um... While the Flaries are gone, they notice that they're gone, and they're like, well, guess we'll just have to do it ourselves. Like, they don't even really try to find them. Yes! They're just like... It's literally yeah, only Our magical they... servants are gone. Oh, my God. It's like, at least show a little bit of concern. Yeah, like... I think the problem with this movie is that there's really no established c connection between these magical creatures and the characters. Like, yeah. in previous movies, like... They would usually develop that sort of relationship. Yeah, like, just going by this movie, it seems like Barbie and company only see them as essentially glitter slaves, which is kind of effed up, so... Yeah! <laughs> yeah! So, but eventually, after the animals save them, oh, they sparkle-fy the studio! Well, they come back, and then Barbie is like, you're back, and they do not ask where they have they gone. They do not ask where they went. They do, like... They don't mention, hey, we were kidnapped by the people across the street yeah. who were trying to keep us in a cage yeah, and force and them have to been do their stealing, shitty dresses. Yeah, and have been stealing our designs. Like, copyright law exists for a reason, as antiquated It's like, you know, you could arrest those people. Yeah, like, like, design theft is an actual crime. A very serious one at that, especially if it causes, like, direct harm to a business. You could sue them. 
Oh, yeah, and we also forgot to mention Ken is going through his own shenanigans where... He, he arrives. Get, he gets on a bus, and then he falls asleep, and then he misses Philadelphia. Yeah, he ends up in New Brunswick, which, oof. And he's like, oh, no, I gotta, I gotta get a cab. A cab all the way from New Brunswick to... Uh... How expensive would that cab be? Oh, my be? God, I cannot imagine. I don't think a cab would do that. <laughs> like... I don't think a cab would do that either. Like, at that point, because they're saying, like, just make an, take another train. Also, shout out to him wearing checkered vans in oh, this yeah. scene. But he mentions like, oh, I gotta get a van, I gotta get a taxi from New Brunswick to Philadelphia. One's not coming till tomorrow. Rain. And it's just oh, like, warm, warm. like, Ken, you did nothing wrong. You don't deserve this. Poor and, and at this point, he keeps on saying, like, it's all for Barbie. It's all for Barbie. And it's it like almost a madness mantra. It's almost a madness like... mantra, which really speaks to just like, oh, boy. Uh, Ken, have you ever heard of uh, codependence? Barbie's going to, like, find him, like, ten years later, and he'll still be trying to get to Paris. And she'll be like, <laughs> Ken, what happened to you? And he's like... It was all for you, Barbie. It was all for you. He's got oh. like a five o'clock shadow and shaggy hair. And his, his like, vans are threadbare now. He's not. He hasn't changed his clothes a single day. He's like. And Barbie's like, Do you oh. still love me, Barbie? Oh, that's nice. Anyway, meet Tyler. We've been married for the past two years. Tyler. It would be Tyler. Uh, either way, oh. we go. We get to the day of the fashion show. Ken does eventually make it to Paris. Yeah, but, but then not he gets stuck no. in traffic. Well, before that, he was taking a flight. Uh, he shows up at the Philadelphia airport, and oh, his taxi driver tries to give him back his change, so he reaches to grab it, and whoop, his pants rip. Oh no! Which. Everyone is very preoccupied with it. Like, and you know he's got those little heart undies. Yeah, which they do. those are the ones that Barbie gave him. It's all for Barbie. It's all for Barbie. So, but then when he's on the plane, the most wild thing is that he's sat, they have him seated in between two of the zombie peas. Which, so these men, people... It takes Ken forever to get to Paris, but I guess everyone else in this movie can get to Par- from L.A. to Paris in, like, two hours. So the zombie peas are there for some reason. I don't... Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're filming in there. Maybe that explains why the assistant is somehow able to be there later. Oh, that's funny. But they, I guess they just have... They make them wear their zombie pea costumes on the plane. Yeah, which... The zombie peas are taking this in... A lot of stride. They seem very okay with taking what must be at least a 14 to 16 hour flight in just what has to be probably the most uncomfortable costumes in this scenario. Yeah. Oh, I feel like oh, this God. movie underestimates how long it takes to fly to Paris. Eh, I don't know. I mean, as someone who's had to like flown from Indiana to Hawaii, it's kind of the same distance and it's yeah. usually about that same length. Mm-hmm. Probably a little bit longer because transatlantic flights have a bit of a transfer time. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, a thing at this point, 
now that the fashion show is on, it looks like no one's showing up except for the dude for the hot dog torium who shows up wearing a hot dog outfit. You can't buy me hot dog, man. <laughs> and, and listener, I think this is where the movie broke me. Because up until this point, I was able to follow along and enjoy this pretty well, but, like, what's the zombie peas and the hot dog man show up? Scrappy-doo. And the scrappy-doo. And I, I just, it, like, broke a fuse in my brain where I'm like, I couldn't process what was going on anymore. I could understand the plot, but it just made it such a difficult and challenging thing because they kept I'm, Emma are you familiar with the the screenplay term uh, too many hats slightly in in the uh, save the cat the hacky uh, screenwriter's handbook where it says that like oh when you're making a movie you gotta treat each plot thread like a hat so you got the fashion line, that's a hat. And you got the Ken B plot, that's a hat. And you got the animals, that's a hat. And if you keep on piling on B stories and all these little extra threads and little areas of focus, you're wearing too many hats. And then it comes crashing down. And this listener... But Henry, I have a counter-argument. Hot dog man. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Kids love the hot dog man. <sighs> so Jacqueline has a fashion show and, and that's oh, where and as soon as we saw this like oh I bet like her dresses are gonna go wrong and then her, everyone would be like why don't we go to the other fashion show right that's happening the at the same time yeah well she did say she intentionally had it at the same time as their I fashion I mean yeah shows. but Anyway, so, and, lo oh, and behold, the dresses go wrong. They start to, like, deteriorate and smell. Yeah. And everyone is, like... And it's extra bad no because, way. oh, the premier fashion critic is there. Yeah, and she's there. She's there. She's a generic woman. Yeah. But uh, either way, uh, after this all goes awry... They all go over next door so we can get the big finale. And so they have this random DJ. I don't know what his deal is, but... They should have brought that DJ fish from Mermaid Tail back in, you know? Could have been playing that classic. No, that's that. That's his human sona. <laughs> He's a humany. But either way, uh, so we start, have our yeah. fashion show... Barbie is doing all the modeling, also the dog and cat model, and then the the annoying dog comes the dog on, and then comes we get... out before before we get that. We need to talk about what this dog is wearing. He's wearing these weird sunglasses, a goddamn fedora, and a bow tie. And they're tinted sunglasses, they so tinted. you know. And then he starts dancing. 
to a weird sampling of who let the dogs out by the Baja Men. Which is nice to see they're still getting royalties in the year of our Lord from that song. 2010. They gave us. Hey, hey, uh, being played during a elementary school gym is not enough to pay the expensive lifestyle of being a Baja man. So. They got plenty of residuals from the Rugrats movie alone. <laughs> and they were in the Shrek soundtrack. They're fine. They're fine, y'all. What song of theirs was in Shrek? Uh, it was... I forget what it was called. It showed up in the credits. It wasn't in the actual movie. Uh, okay. Yeah. Can't even make it into the actual Shrek soundtrack. <laughs> <sighs> but, anywho, alongside that, I mean, we in a movie called Barbie, a fashion fairy tale, we might as well talk about the fashion of this runway. Yeah, like I said before, it's essentially the stuff that, like, sort of, like, bad high school, mid-2000s prom, and also just kind of, yeah, like, stuff that little girls would see and find appealing. It so. suffers from very, very frilly dresses near the bottom. They like the mermaid design, but the, the thing about... Okay, I'm saying this with... This is just based on, like, the stuff that I, as, like, someone who does, like, a lot of drawing and character design stuff, like, in terms of stuff that I like in terms of a character design, like, usually it, it's, it, it's kind of like the plot. They add too many extra little bits and stuff, and it undercuts the overall effectiveness of the composition, and... For some of these dress, like, there was this mermaid dress that Barbie was wearing, and it was a very nice design, but the problem was is that it had all these little extra frillies on the very top part, which distracted from the frilly part that's supposed to be on the bottom, and it's just like, I'm getting way too worked up about this. Yeah, I just honestly, it's meant to be an exaggeration. I know, things. I know. This movie with flaries in it, so. Yeah, but I would, you would think that, like, you would think that, oh, maybe this was, like, what the dresses looked like. Hang on, I'm pulling up Barbie movie wiki to see what type of dresses were made and tie in with this. Hey, either way, they do the fashion show. It's a big success. They yep. run off the hot dog man. Yep. Well, not and, before. Uh, Ken well, shows, oh, yeah. Well, before that happens, uh, Barbie gets her final dress out, and then, in this movie of sparkly dress transformations, we get the ultimate Barbie sparkly dress transformation, where one of the flairies who had been having trouble with her magic the whole movie transforms her dress into this, like, big frilly thing with, like, an LED light in the bodice, which sounds like a big fire hazard to me. But, oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, it is. Obviously, that was the big light-up dress they advertised for Barbie in this movie. Which, I gotta be honest, like, if they did not have, like, that neon firework kind of design on the bodice, it would look... Like, it, it's a very solid-looking dress. Like, it's just that one thing makes it very Forever 21. Mm. Good fashion... Good fashion design. Just... Adding a bunch of needless crap onto it. Definitely. At, at, at least it doesn't say, like, 
I like tacos or something on it. Or so. fake news. Or like a... Hashtag influencer. It's like, I drink or, two wines a day. That's not... That's a little too old for Forever 21. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think... God. Hashtag blessed. Oh. No, there is a... I As someone who used to work at that place, there was one called Ladying. Oh God! Yeah, or uh, it's horrifying. There was there was one that was like strong females, or uh, yeah, it was just very so challenging. Oh God! Maybe that's why this thing exhausted me because like. Seeing these clothes just reminded me of my time in the clothing customer service industry. And, uh. Hey, maybe you just needed some flaries to. No. Make your life no. If there was a problem with Forever 21's clothes, it was certainly not too much sparkles on them. <laughs> I will tell you this now. Oh, God. But, uh, either way. They have the fashion show. Even the villains are won over in the end. Yeah. Which they weirdly forgive the villains, though they never discuss that the fact that they kidnapped their friends. But you or know, committed industrial sabotage. Yeah, obviously no one cares about this. Also, Ken shows up and, and confesses his love in front of this entire public crowd. Which okay, but he gets a sparkly prom dress too. Yeah. Especially since his pants are ruined. Yeah. But uh, and then. The hot dog man is like, oh, I'm still gonna buy you. And then a lady is like, I would like 10,000 orders. It was the same lady as before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I shall ship them to every Forever 21 in America, which will definitely never go out of business. Oh, I mean, you say that, like, there's still plenty of them that are still around even after the bankruptcy. (sighs) But, yeah, with that... The fashion house is saved. And yeah. now it's time for us to go to prom. I mean, the pink, black, and white party. Yeah. With the fashion lady. With the fashion lady, which and... is like... But she's like, I loved your designs. Come to my party afterwards. Like, it's a thing to do. I'll have a ride for you guys later. And so... Two limos pop up. And it was so exciting because in this movie they found a way to give us horse carriages because the little fairy just like turns them into horse carriages. And the writers are like obviously bemused at this development. Yes, like... I have a crippling fear of horses, actually. This thing goes out of my paycheck. I'm technically an independent contractor. Like, plot twist. If this was Uber, this would be like, hey, hey, that was my car. You just messed up my car. Well, your car's a horse now. You gotta deal with that. At least we put, like, LED flat screens inside the carriage. They LED flat screens? Playing the fashion show that they just saw. (laughs) Why? And wait a minute, hang on. Huh? This might be a merch thing. Yeah, they have the carriages. It's it. They gotta have a carriage with in the there. and the carriages do include the LED thing. Okay. 
It all comes back to the merch. And as they're going to the party, slash uh, prom, the the mean director's sassy assistant is like, "Hey, we saw your fashion show. That means you're ready to direct a movie now. So here you go. Here's a script." And she's like, "I'll think about it." And then they go to the party, and that's the movie. Way to lean in, Barbie. Yeah. Way to lean in. So, um... Well, we're forgetting that there's the... During the credits, there are scenes from this prom playing. Yeah. I, I mean, know. there's nothing else to add about it, but they're there. Yeah, the movie just kind of ends. It's, uh... Yeah. So, what would you say this movie is about, Henry? Well, if I have to believe what the movie says... The true magic is believing in yourself. Also having some glitter fairies. <laughs> having glitter fairies. But, <laughs> like, here's the thing. The reason why I remember this movie, and this has been a movie that I've been very much anticipating only because I remember that opening scene. And don't get me wrong, that opening scene, very, like, especially after watching so many of these movies... Very enjoyable, and I do enjoy part of the meta-commentary stuff that they are kind yeah. of offering here. But at the same time, the same time. Yes, I don't know. Like, a lot of these other movies, there's, like, a slight missed opportunity where, like, you could, like, you could have used this movie as a meta-statement to talk about, like, how are you going to be transforming your image? What do you want to try and do to change and yeah. adapt to the modern world? Because, like it or not, Barbie, things are definitely going to be changing for you, especially as the 2010 decade rolls on. Yeah, and it just kind of feels like... It seems like they kind of wanted to sort of, like, look into Barbie in general from a meta perspective, but it never really, like, addresses any issues people have with Barbie. It's essentially just, like... Barbie is already great, and we're going to continue to be great in the yeah, future. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like this is a kind of ploy to, like, alleviate some of the criticisms that have been leveled against the brand, mm -hmm. as well as the franchise. But, and I, I don't know. there's nothing wrong with addressing your criticism, but they don't seem to be addressing it in very good faith. Because, I mean, the main thing, I mean, it's probably mostly being done from the perspective of, like, oh, who's stupid enough to be criticizing the kids to, like, Barbie? I don't know. It's just like, and just, what do you think is the last time one of these movies where Barbie actually had like a well put together arc? You know? Eh, I mean, Three Musketeers was pretty close. Yeah, but I don't know. It just seems like Three Musketeers, Diamond Castle. Yeah. Like those aren't too far off. Christmas Carol, if you count. Oh yeah, Christmas Barbie. Yeah, I do count that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just. I feel like the idea of, like, this, like, meta Barbie movie, especially after us who have watched all these movies, it, it would have been nice to have a bit more of, like, them kind of discussing the sort of tropes that happen in these movies. Yeah, because they were close to that. Like, the, I mean, as much as I'm aligned them, the zombie peas, that's kind of, like, the sort of thing that you would expect with some of these, like, I could totally picture them, those actually being a thing if they did make Barbie and the princess and the pea. Yeah, but, but I feel like the first half of this movie is a lot more interesting than the second half. Because by the second is. half, it's essentially just like a. I feel like it all comes downhill yeah, once the fairies are introduced. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Because, 
because, like I said earlier, if you made it just about her helping her aunt out without the help of the Flairies, then it probably would have been a lot more interesting. Yeah, and, and you know, I like my fantasy elements, but that, this is just making me wish, like, there was a Barbie movie that was just, like, grounded Barbie, in reality. Yeah, had, that had no, like, magic elements. You say that, but also, we that's how we got the Barbie Diaries. Well, Barbie Diaries did have magic elements. We established this Damn, in the you're same right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, sorry. I think the only one that This movie really, has broken me. I think the only Barbie movie that really didn't have, like, an overt magic element, well, it's a lot of talking animals, was Princess and the Popper. Yeah. Huh. And, and funnily like, enough, that's the one that is best remembered, and it's the most viewed episode of this show so far, and it's like... Yeah, I kind of just wish they would do more stories like that. You know, yeah, like that. I do too, mm-hmm. and... I know that they're going to be trying to do similar-ish type things in the future, but... Because at this point in the series, a lot of the magic stuff just feels like a crutch. Like, they're successful because fairies did it, so, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? But, like, but the thing that we kind of keep getting back to in a lot of these movies is that, like, I feel like the reason why a lot of these movies are better lasting than others is because... Not because of the pretty dresses or the magical elements or, like, any of the other superficial stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, that's stuff that can definitely set it apart and help the narrative, but the key thing that a lot of audiences seem to really enjoy about these Barbie movies is that it does give us a perspective of characters that we don't usually get in a lot of mainstream media. And this perspective of female friendship, female, like, development and all that sort of stuff that we see in movies like princess and the pauper secret magic of pegasus uh christmas carol and all that sort of stuff the things that make those movies so strong is the relationships between those characters and the ways that we see them develop and become these independent people and that's what's interesting about it and you had that potential with this like that like we i ragged on the whole like barbie gets her groove back thing but it like but it just that... kind of feels like like the good characters in these movies are just, they're too perfect, you know? Yeah. No one really actually makes any real mistakes in this one. It's just Yeah, like, it's all just misunderstandings yeah. and hijinks. They want, like, nothing really seems to say that. Like, even when the Flurries like, get kidnapped, they don't really seem that concerned. So it just doesn't feel like there's, like, a whole bunch of stakes in these movies. Exactly. But, I don't know. I... Knowing what is on the horizon, I think they're going to try and, like, they're definitely entering a transitionary period Mm -hmm. right now. Like, I think by the 2010s, Mattel did realize that, okay, we do need to change something because this is not working anymore. But now they need to figure out how are they going to change. And I don't know. I'm going to be interested in seeing how they change for the better. too so barbie a fashion fairy tale what would you rate it oh i'll be honest if i was a flary this movie would start deteriorating and smelling like skunk in about five minutes at no no it would start deteriorating and smelling like skunks as soon as the flary showed up Mm mm-hmm what, what would you give it? I'd give it two and a half creepy dogs out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that feels... Just kind of, it was mostly just, for the most part, just kind of mediocre. 
I mean, it was, it was, like I said, it was nice to see something a bit different, but then it never really went into as interesting as a direction as it could have gone, and so it just ended up being kind of, like, disappointing in the latter half, but, you know, I didn't hate it or anything. No, I didn't hate it either. I think, like I said, the reason why this thing was so challenging to me is because it just overwhelmed me with all of these just very baffling and, like, mediocre yet unexpected choices but we're gonna see how things are gonna change because our next movie uh is going to be barbie a fairy secret and oh it's another elise allen joint so we're gonna see how this goes we're gonna see yeah i feel like we kind of get like 50 50 whether elise allen's movies are good or not yeah yeah i think so because I think as, I think for her, uh, because she usually has to write these movies by herself, she doesn't have, like, any other writers credited with that. There's, she's, I feel like, I get the sense that a lot of these scripts are very, like, get this to us by the end of the month type dealies. Oh, definitely. Well, they're pumping out, like, two of these per year, so, and she seems to write the majority of them. Yeah. Uh, So this is another fairy movie so we're gonna see from uh, what emma what it's in the same continuity of this movie oh it's a sequel oh raquel shows up Oh, so this is the direction they're going. <laughs> this in. is the direction they're going. Hey, maybe uh, uh, maybe it'll have some more fun meta stuff in it. Who knows? So, thank you for listening to the Pink Owl Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the feedback that uh, you guys give us. If you enjoy our work, you can follow us at Pink Owl Pod on Twitter or give us a rating on your podcast platform of choice but emma i am not emotionally drained but please tell us listeners where can we find your good good work I work for the Shield at USI, as I said many yes. times. Yes, yes, I know, <laughs> and I'll ask you to say a bunch of times more because your work deserves that platform. Thank you. Even within this aisle. And as for me, listener, if you enjoy the work I do, uh, and are interested in accessing some bonus content and interested in seeing some stuff early, consider chucking a dollar a month to my Patreon, Henry Kathman, uh, patreon.com slash Henry Kathman. Or if you want to get extra updates on stuff, just subscribe to the YouTube channel and all that biz. And follow me on Twitter, Kathman Henry. And oh, also follow Emma at Emma Corey. Emma Corey. Yeah, Yeah. we are, we are nothing but simple Twitter names. Yeah. (laughs) Makes it easy to search us, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, all the easier for Mattel to search for us and give us the script. We'll do it, Mattel. Yeah. We will work for probably 
way too low of an amount, but by golly, we will make that Barbie screenplay. You know who would be fun to talk to? Kelly Sheridan. Oh, man. If we could get a hold of her. that would <laughs> She's be... got a Twitter. She does have a Twitter. She sometimes does Barbie impressions on it for videos, too. It's, it's, it's pretty great. Highly recommend it. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh. Anywho, uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time for Barbie a Fairy Secret. And, uh... Take care.